0: We are happy you tuned in to the Radio Bible Course. We're studying Philippians chapter 3. In verses 7 to 9, Paul expresses his renunciation of all his religious attainments in Judaism, things which he considered of great value for God's approval. Listen to what he wrote. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own based on law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul was unsurpassed as a Jew. His credentials could bring him great honor in any synagogue, and his zeal for his religion was unmatched. He walked out of the Damascus gate with his band of Jesus-haters filled with a burning fury, but on the road he was confronted by a voice from heaven as he was seeking out the Jesus people to imprison them. The voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? A light had appeared, so bright that he had fallen to the ground, and Paul could see nothing. But as a Jew, he knew that the presence of God was like a powerful light. Ezekiel had written about such a vision of God. After describing the four living creatures and the wheels in chapter 1, Ezekiel wrote this. High above the throne was a figure like that of a man, and brilliant light surrounded him. Saul probably remembered that. He knew the scriptures. And he said, Who are you, Lord? Lord meant that he knew he was in the presence of his God. He expected to hear, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the burning bush and the glory that filled the temple at its dedication under Solomon. I'm the God of Elijah who sent fire to consume the altar. Instead, he heard this, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Well, Paul had asked, Lord, who are you? And after hearing that voice, identifying itself as Jesus, Paul probably thought this, Jesus, he's the person I have hated with a passion. And suddenly everything Saul had gloried in, and every achievement upon which he relied for God's approval, was counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He was so busy trying to serve his God by his own mind and his own works that he missed the Christ of God. In verse 8 he expands that by saying, Moreover, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. No, he didn't say that. He said, Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, that's a lot different. There are people who talk about Christ or knowing Christ. But they never seem to say, my Lord or my Lord Jesus Christ. We who have believed in him know him. To be not only our Savior, but our friend and our Lord and God. And we might ask, of what value was Paul's religious zeal? Well, Paul answers that kind of a question I counted as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul used the vulgar word translated rubbish, scubala, and it can mean either human waste or garbage. That's what he considered all that zeal worth. All his confidence in the flesh, that is, human achievement, he cast on the garbage pile as muck. That's where all religious practices, which are counted as meritorious, belong. We need to dump them and abandon them. Paul abandoned all his claims for righteousness to gain Christ. And I have said to the alarm of some Christians, that one cannot believe in Christ to get salvation until he stops working for salvation. Because these two things are mutually exclusive. And if a person is working for his salvation, there's no reason for him to believe in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus did all the work necessary. And if we don't recognize that, we will keep on working, trying to save ourselves, but it will be all in vain. Now, verse 9 expresses it both negatively and positively. Listen to it again. Paul writes that he wanted to be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own based on law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. What a contrast he gives us here. There is a self-righteousness. He calls it my own. And he thought he could gain that by works of law. But on the other hand, there is a righteousness from God. And it's obtained through faith, not by works of law. If God counts it valuable for us to have faith so he can give us righteousness, then surely we, if we are going to be wise and claim we believe in God ought to adopt what God has adopted, the faith way to the Creator. We ought not to be insisting that the law will get us there when God himself has declared that it won't, that he has a better way. If the law could save us, he never would have sent Jesus Christ. It would have been a foolish thing to sacrifice his son if men could attain righteousness by any other way. But God knew there was no other way to satisfy the holy demands of the law. Only the perfect Christ, the Son of God, could live the kind of a life that would pass the test. Jesus Christ came then to die for us so that we could get his righteousness. He took all of our sins upon him, and when we believe in him, all of his righteousness comes upon us. And now when God looks at me and you who believe, he doesn't see us in our sin. He sees us dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And how much righteousness is that? It's perfect righteousness. It's as much righteousness as Jesus himself had. Because by faith, that's how it is imputed to us. Now, let me ask, is Paul writing something new here? Is this how men get eternal life and are justified? Does the Bible teach such a principle of righteousness by faith? It does. But we hesitate to accept work-free faith because we have a faulty definition of believing in Christ. We define it as faith along with or in addition to our religious activities. But Paul said it clearly in Romans chapter 3, verse 21. He said, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe, for there is no distinction. And his conclusion In that discussion in Romans chapter 3 comes in verse 28. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Now we return to the last clause of verse 8 and the first of verse 9 where Paul writes, In order that I may gain or win Christ and be found in him. Found by whom? Well, found by God. To be in him is to have his righteousness and his saving merit. Now, why couldn't Paul do both? Why couldn't he keep the Old Testament law and have faith? Because it's impossible. Here's why. Galatians 3.12 tells us the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does these things will live by them. And that same passage is also in Leviticus 18.5. No one can be righteous by doing the things of the law because he can't do them perfectly. And that's not the way to God. Even the Old Testament declared that. No one could obey those laws. That was God's standard and it's perfect obedience. God doesn't grade on a curve. A grade of 99 from God is a failing grade because God is perfect and his law is perfect. And if we fail in one point, we are condemned by the law as not keeping it perfectly. James made that clear in his epistle, chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Is there a passing grade with God? Yes, it's 100 if you're living by law. And if you haven't kept every law perfectly, and if you have ever sinned, then you have failed. But there's another way, a righteousness, a perfect righteousness from God that comes to us through faith. Philippians 3.9 is such an important passage. Let me read it from the New American Standard Version. And may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And now listen to it from the New International Version. And be found in him, Christ of course, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. Does faith save anyone? No, it doesn't. Faith must have an object. And the object which the Bible tells us faith must be placed in is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Why him? Why not have faith in someone else? Why not have faith in the Spirit or faith in the Bible? It's because Jesus Christ is the one who died for our sins, is the messenger sent by God. He is the prophet of God and the son of God. He was the one who took on human flesh. The spirit didn't take on human flesh. It was Jesus, the Christ, who died for us and represents us. So our faith has to be in the one who became like us. And God sent him to be like us so he could pay for our sins as a man. If you don't fully understand how you can be righteous by faith, we invite you to write to the Radio Bible Course. We'll send you our free grace booklet and give you any other help possible. Our grace booklet will teach you about salvation by grace through faith, which brings God's righteousness to you. If you give someone a Bible, I hope you will guide him where to begin his reading. Otherwise, most people will begin reading the Old Testament, which God gave to the Jews. This could lead a person to become a Pharisee, and this is not what you want him to do. I know from experience it happened to me. Turn him instead to the Gospel of John, where dozens of promises from God await him. And then to the epistles, where he will learn how to live as a Christian. Those epistles were written to the churches. If you need a guide to help you to assist others with the Bible, I recommend our 10 cassette tape course on Understanding the New Testament. Write today for information on how to order Understanding the New Testament. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calabota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.